From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. The Democrats took their impeachment case public this week. Three witnesses, foreign service officers in charge of U.S. relations with Ukraine, confirmed that President Trump pressured that country to investigate his political rival, Joe Biden. Republicans worked to discredit the testimony as hearsay, while painting Trump as a crusader against corruption. CQ legal affairs reporter Todd Ruger has kindly agreed to take a break from today's impeachment hearing with former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine Marie Yovanovitch to fill us in. So welcome, Todd, to the show. Uh, Hey, thanks. So, Todd, you've been watching uh, the first part of this hearing this morning with former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine Marie Yovanovitch. They've just broken for a recess to go take some votes on the House floor. You know, has anything struck you about this, this first testimony, hearing her talk her responses to the chairman, Adam Schiff, uh, the California Democrat, and the Democrats' counsel? Um, well, I think that uh, this morning the most striking thing that happened uh, was in the middle of, of former Ambassador Yovanovitch's testimony, uh, President Donald Trump tweeted uh, about her and said that she did a bad job and every, every uh, country that she went to has been a disaster, uh, sort of thing, an attack. Uh, and... Um, Chairman Adam Schiff, in the middle of questioning, uh, stopped and asked her questions and had her respond uh, in real time to uh, Donald Trump's tweets. Ambassador Ivanovich, uh, as we sit here testifying, the president is attacking you on Twitter. Um, and I'd like to give you a chance to respond. I'll read part of one of his tweets. Uh, and then he said, uh, you know, we, some of us around here take witness intimidation to be very serious matter. Uh, so you have this new element that hasn't happened in any previous impeachment hearings where the president is attacking one of the witnesses who's testifying and uh, she's defending herself right in the middle. Um, the very strange, uh, unique circumstance that kind of underscores how um, how what a strange what a strange uh, impeachment process this whole thing has become. And Schiff made it very clear. Yovanovitch here is a career foreign service officer, 33 years in the service to the United States for both uh, presidents of both parties, three ambassadorships during that time. So uh, some kind of a counter arguments to, to, to Trump's that she has been a failure in her career. Right. And she actually responded by saying that, uh, you know, everywhere you go uh, is a challenge as a diplomat. Um, and for instance, she was in Somalia before this. Uh, Somalia is a tough, a tough country and she's in Ukraine now and or was in Ukraine and Ukraine has a lot of corruption. Um, and she said that uh, many of the, the, the pro- much of the progress that has happened in Ukraine uh, was the Ukrainian people, but also the uh, efforts of Americans and her to promote anti-corruption efforts there in uh, in Ukraine. And that's one of the things that Democrats uh, want to put her, why Democrats want to air her testimony is because um, one of President Donald Trump's defenses is that he was trying to um, root out corruption, and that's why he wanted to start uh, an investigation into uh, one of the Bidens uh, and a, a company. Right. So we know the basic contours of the story now, Todd. Trump wanted Ukraine to investigate Biden's son, Hunter, who sat on the board of a Ukrainian energy company in the hope that it would look badly for Biden as he runs for president. At least that's the presumption. 
And Trump withheld congressionally approved military aid, briefly, that helps Ukraine defend itself against Russia, which they're at war right now, in order to pressure Ukraine. So has any new information come out in these first two days of public hearings? We've had Yovanovitch this morning, and we had on Wednesday George Kent and William Taylor, both senior diplomats who work on Ukraine issues. Taylor is actually in Ukraine, uh, our senior dip- diplomat in Ukraine right now. Have they merely reconfirmed that storyline, or has new information come out? Um, well, we, we knew a lot of what they were going to say prior to their testimony because they did closed-door depositions and then transcripts of those depositions were released prior to the testimony. However, Ambassador Bill Taylor uh, at the first impeachment hearing um, did reveal some new information that could be very troubling for President Trump. Last Friday, a member of my staff told me of events that occurred on July 26th. He said that on the day after the uh, July 25th call between uh, Trump and the Ukrainian president, that one of his staff members had um, gone with uh, another ambassador, Gordon Sondland, to a restaurant. And Sondland had called Trump. And told him of his meetings in Kiev. And this staff member could hear Trump. And Trump asked Sondland about the investigations. Ambassador Sondland told President Trump the Ukrainians were ready to move forward. Um, and, and then uh, Ambassador Taylor said that after the call, his staffer had asked what Trump thought of Ukraine, and Sondland had said that President Trump cares more about the investigations of Biden, which Giuliani was pressing for. So why that's troubling uh, is because Sondland is going to be testifying himself uh, next week, and uh, the the staff member who overheard that has now been called in for a deposition, and uh, the Associated Press has reported that there's another staff member who was also present for that conversation. So there's two potential new witnesses that could um, connect Trump himself to uh, the push for the investigations. And that would undercut a lot of the argument that he and his allies have been making that many of the witnesses here are are just hearsay. They didn't have any direct relation to Trump. They didn't talk to Trump directly. They don't know what Trump was thinking or why Trump was taking certain actions. Well, I was going to say Marie Yovanovitch today, another piece of this, she lost her job as ambassador to Ukraine and, and really left the Foreign Service ignominiously, having so uh, lost the confidence of the president, she was told. Do, was that because she was impeding Trump's efforts to get Ukraine to investigate the Bidens, or why was she fired? Well, she testified today that she was fired because, uh, that well, actually in March of this year, she said that she had been asked to stay on for yet another year so that her service would uh, continue through uh, the middle of 2020. Um, and and then, of course, uh, before the before a lot of this went down, she was actually removed from that post. Uh, and she uh, she said that it was um, a part of it was that there were some smears uh, against her coming from the Ukraine Ukrainians and that were being amplified here in the United States by some of Trump's allies, and that she didn't understand where they were coming from. Uh, she has a, a a reputation as being an anti-corruption advocate, and she was actually presenting an award to the father of of an anti-corruption uh, person in Ukraine who had died as a result of an attack. Uh, and uh, when she got word that she may need to come back to the United States immediately, so it's fairly dramatic ter- testimony there. So it seemed Trump was taking the side of some of the folks in Ukraine who didn't like Yovanovitch's anti-corruption efforts. I mean, that's what she was saying, essentially. 
Right. And she said, and she told the committee today that that would, um, you know, that undercuts uh, a lot of the State Department efforts and the United States efforts if, um, you know, people who don't like what the ambassador is doing in a particular country can um, can generate some some rumors and, and false rumors, as she called them, and, and uh, to to in order for that ambassador to then lose their job. Okay, so House Speaker Nancy Pelosi held a p- press conference after the first hearing on Wednesday with w- Bill Taylor and George Kent, in which she accused Trump of bribery, and she really put a stress on that word. Uh, the, the devastating testimony corroborated evidence of bribery. Which is not a word we've heard thrown around a lot before in relation to this impeachment inquiry. What was that about? Was that an important moment? Um, I think so uh, for a couple reasons. But but bri- the word bribery is actually in the Constitution when it talks about the impeachment process. Um, it talks about treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. So a lot of times we focus on high crimes and misdemeanors, but the word bribery is actually in there. Um, and she laid out what she thought. Uh, she said, you know, she told reporters the bribe was to withhold military assistance uh, in exchange for a public statement uh, um, that would affect the election. And uh, and so she has seemed to, to grab onto that. And there, there are some reports that that um, that Democrats did a poll, uh, did polling as to what was more uh, popular or better received um, in terms of bribery or extortion or quid pro quo has been uh, thrown out around a lot um, in this process. Um, so what the Democrats are doing are, is part of this impeachment hearings as they go on is sharpening their message, sharpening their public message. Um, they, the, you know, they wanted to have as much public support for 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 this process as possible because uh, it is such a divisive thing that happens. Impeachment um, is never really a pleasant uh, thing. It's only happened four times, and she wanted to make uh, Nancy Pelosi wanted to make sure she had as much public support as possible. Uh, so what you're seeing uh, right now is sort of the different sides of Republicans and Democrats sharpening their messaging on on how what the terms of engagement are on this. Impeachment. Right. And some of the Republicans, it seems a response to some of the Republicans who are saying, well, this may have been a clumsy campaign by Trump, but it wasn't impeachment worthy. It wasn't a high crime. And she's saying, no, it was bribery, which is specifically mentioned in the Constitution. So what about the Republicans? What's their playbook through these uh, through the first hearing, what, how did they approach Kent and Taylor? Uh, right. So we uh, so Kent and Taylor um, were in you know were abroad and and working and and reporting what they saw and heard. But what the Republicans point out is that they didn't actually talk to Trump. They haven't. They did not speak directly to Trump. They may have never spoken to Trump, and therefore everything that they're saying is just secondhand uh, or thirdhand information. And um, and why that matters uh, under questioning, uh, they said, you know, couldn't one of those people that you were talking to be wrong? And if they were wrong, wouldn't you be wrong? Wouldn't your information be wrong? And so they're trying to 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 say that there isn't any uh, direct evidence, uh, but that those two can provide about what Trump himself was saying and and doing and and his in- and the president's intentions. Um, the Democrats counter that. Well, we would love to talk to Trump about his intentions. We would love to talk to um, some of the higher the the higher ups um, who did talk to Trump, but Trump has ordered them not to talk to us, and so that information is missing because not because these people don't have it, but because we're not being allowed to talk to those witnesses. Now, inside inside the room, it seems uh, Jim Jordan, the Ohio Republican, seems to be taking the lead for 
Republicans in, in this questioning, this line of questioning. Tell us a little bit about Jim Jordan and why he's an important figure here. Well, uh, Jim Jordan is um, one of the most energetic questioners uh, out there. AIDS held up on July 18th. Is that right? <laughs> Three meetings with the president of Ukraine, the new president, and no linkage. That's accurate. Now, with all due respect, Ambassador, your clear understanding was obviously wrong. So what I'm wondering is, where did you get this clear understanding? And one of the more ener energetic defenders of President Trump, he has uh, a grasp of a lot of facts and a lot of background and uh, knows a lot about uh, different, uh, the different threads that, um, that Republicans use as their defense, uh, pointing out uh, some of the inconsistencies in in the uh, statements by de by by these witnesses, he um, has been put on this this committee, the intelligence committee, uh, specifically for this impeachment inquiry. Because of that, also his staff member is asking his uh, counsel is asking questions of the witnesses, and so there's um, so he's sort of a, a key player here uh, in, in this particular. Uh, phase of the impeachment inquiry. He's also on the Judiciary, House Judiciary Committee, which is where, um, after these uh, Intelligence Committee in inquiry happens, where the, the actual articles of impeachment would be voted on. Anything surprise you so far, Todd? Um, no, you know, I think, uh, I think the most interesting thing is that Democrats are using these hearings so far not only to present uh, the evidence and the testimony publicly, but to counter some of the, the defenses that the, the Republicans have and Trump have been using um, to to say why uh, why they don't think that this impeachment process should go forward, and uh, it's a it's going to be uh, compelling compelling to see how this plays out over the next week when there's going to be I think eight more witnesses to testify in, in just one week. So we will be hearing plenty about this. Yeah, what are those highlights we're expecting next week? I think the highlight is going to be Gordon Sondland, who's uh, the ambassador who supposedly was on the phone with uh, President Trump. Um, for that call that we mentioned earlier and has a lot of direct calls with Trump. Um, he testified, he, he, his closed door t uh, testimony, um, he has since changed uh, and added and clarified. And so he's kind of a, I think he's kind of the wild card for both sides as to, to what, what he might say might really turn um, the momentum of this, this impeachment. Okay, Todd. Uh, thank you for being with us. Thanks for taking a break from your reporting. All right. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. CQ on Congress is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. We'll be back next week. <laughs>